you're listening to Core Stories. I'm Emily Bruff, the Communications Director here at Otter Creek Church. Back in the fall, Dan Scheibner spent some time with me for our annual year interview about his experience transferring to Nashville for college and how he got connected with the young adult ministry. We shared a portion of that interview in our 2017 year in review, which you can find at ottercreek.org give. But I thought it was too good of an interview to leave on paper and have decided to share the full interview here with you today on our podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Dan Scheibner. I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio, and I've been in Nashville for about eight or nine years at this point with a two-year break in the middle. I was in Atlanta for a little while before coming back to Nashville. I grew up militant Church of Christ in uh, Roansburg, Ohio, a suburb of Columbus. Then uh, went to, ended up at Rochester College. Um, Grew up with, I've got a younger brother and sister. I'm the oldest. Um, My grandfather was an elder at the church for as long as I can remember. Dad was a deacon, typical CSC backstory. And then I ended up at uh, Rochester uh, College, which is a sister school to Lipscomb out in Michigan, um, home of Randy Gill and Josh Graves and several others here. And um, that's actually where I met Josh, his father-in-law and Carr and all those people. So, yeah, so I um, had some, uh, I decided that it was time for a change because it was cold in Detroit and a lot of other things that were happening at the college. Um, so I transferred down to Lipscomb, um, had a very hard transition from um, north to south, some culturally, some just personal stuff going on. But the transition was hard uh, getting down here to to Nashville. I started at Lipscomb work. I ended up working for the university while I was going to school. And that's, that's what got me down here. I, I church hopped for a little while and uh, was doing that. I spent some time at Ethos. I spent some time at uh, Hillsboro. Um, I was here off and on um, for a little bit of BST and then Brandon Scott Thomas and then um, the Murray years. Um, and then I um, actually kind of got just fed up <laughs> for quite honestly and um, stopped for a while, um, tapered off where I was going to church every once in a while, but I had some roommates at the time that weren't really interested and, um, wasn't connected to anyone roughly. Uh, the transition at school was hard and, and I didn't have very many connections here. I think I knew, you know, two or three people really well here and tapered off for a while before I started coming back. I think Patrick was either just finishing as an admissions counselor or, had just started here and he's, he's one of a kind. Um, that is cause he's so not a traditional minister, you know, a traditional minister is going to teach a Bible class and gonna you like be at all the potlucks and, and be that guy. Right. And, um, that is not Patrick. And that is why Patrick is so good at what he does because he is more likely to hold church air quotes, at a coffee shop or at a concert or afterwards being real um, as life is, as opposed to doing all the church 
air quote, things. Patrick is infinitely available, and even when he's not, he is infinitely available, which is the weirdest thing ever. When he's not able to be somewhere, like, there's got, I think there's actually six Patricks, is what there is. Because he does everything with everyone, and if you follow his Instagram story, you don't know when he sleeps or anything like that, any of his social media. Patrick is always there, and and that's one of the great gifts that he has for people my age and younger and um, being just barely a millennial, what I also appreciate about Patrick is that he will tell you like it is without any, you know, he pulls no punches and suffers no fools. <laughs> so um, if you are being an idiot, Patrick will let you know. I think it is the anti-minister. He, he is the, uh, he's just, he's a friend. He's not only my minister, he's my, he's my friend. I mean, Patrick is my buddy. Um, so much so that we joke about it where it's like, are you being minister Patrick right now? Are you being my buddy Patrick? And you know, that's just, that's just his way. So, um, I think he is a huge asset. He is responsible for pulling in a lot of young talent, a lot of cool people that makes this church the uber eclectic thing that it is. Patrick is one of the most persuasive human beings on the face of the planet. And just would not let up until um, I started coming around. I didn't even actually come to like main services at first. Uh, he was just getting, uh, yeah, he was here. So he was just getting the stir, the whole stir branding type of thing going. And had launched um, some of that stir worship stuff that we were doing. We were doing like a young adult worship service for a little while on, it was either Wednesday or Thursday nights. And I, by trade, uh, was a sound engineer, so he pulled me in with uh, Matt Fungafat and a couple other guys that are here, a part of the stir ministry, and we started doing um, rehearsals and, and preparing for those worship nights, and that's what eventually got me started coming. Through that, I met Phil and Cheryl, and... Uh, the rest of the people associated with the tech team and, and all that good stuff. And uh, we started doing a couple things. But um, Patrick got me here and the stir stuff started introducing me to people my age or a little bit younger uh, anyway in my age demographic and um, made some really good friends and connections that way. So I really didn't have a Lipscomb community. I had more of a Otter Creek community that translated backwards into Lipscomb and Harding and a couple of those other people my age. So normally a lot of people follow their friends to church. I actually found my friends at church and then that worked backwards for me. I started getting a community together and was at a place where I was um, really happy with my group of friends. I was getting a rhythm back in my life of uh, community, being around people. Um, doing the church thing again consistently, volunteering, being a part of some ministry. And uh, at that point where I knew that Otter Creek was the place for me and that I had found the community that I was looking for uh, was when I had to leave. Um, so I got a job offer in Atlanta uh, doing kind of what I do now, which is as uh, working with uh, large churches uh, doing their technical production systems. Um, it was one of those offers that was too good to refuse. 
And at no point did I think that it was going to be a full-time, like, I always knew I would come back. But I didn't realize how important all of this was to me until I left and moved to Atlanta. And I was in Atlanta for almost two years at that point. I'd still come back because all my friends were here. It was just, it was just one of those. It was a, it was a business decision, not a life decision um, that actually ended up paying off. But it was being away from that and um, having Patrick and a couple of guys that you know come visit in Atlanta, you know that that kind of thing that let me know is like this is this is more than going to church on a Sunday. This is more than like just standard friendship. This is like. This is, it's cliche, but this is doing life together. This is doing uh, all the important things. These are people that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So that that's when I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. Why I'm at Otter Creek is not because of the worship style or what we do or what our Sunday looks like. In fact, I don't, and some of it's not my cup of tea. It's the people that actually keep me here. Um, the Phil and Cheryl's and the Patrick's and all my friends and um, Josh and Randy and all, all those guys. Uh, it's not just a Sunday morning kind of thing. And I'm so intertwined here just with my ministry background and, and what I do, the gifts that I've been given and using those uh, here that it's not an, it's not just a Sunday morning experience. My transition down here, as I said before, was extremely rough um, for a handful of reasons. And I never doubted that he was here, but I never knew what he was up to. And I uh, I hate religious saucity language and, oh, you know, God's timing is perfect. Well, for who? Because it wasn't for me. But hindsight being twenty twenty, you can see there is a pattern, an undeniable pattern of how I got here how I left here, got to Atlanta, and even how I got from Atlanta back to here. My plan was to uh, be down in Atlanta for two years and come back and be with my friends because that's about how long the projects were going to take. Um, I decided it was near. It was almost this time. I forget what year it was, but it was it was almost this time when I was working in Atlanta in November or something like that. Might have been a little earlier, September. I was like, all right, by January of the following year, I want to be back in Nashville. So I'll start doing the things that you need to start doing to get a, you know, get a job lined up, start making a transition, making all those things happen. And um, within 20 days of me saying that, starting to think of that, not only was I starting to move back here, I had a job offer. I was ready to go. I was here 20 days after I said that. And it's through a connection of people and things. Um, you know, I, I worked for a former member of Otter Creek. I, uh, you know, we all know a lot of the same people. It's just very, very interesting. Um, the sales guy that I came up with, um, you know, as a guy that I knew through Rochester, we hooked back up and, and brought got together to do some of the projects that we were working on in Atlanta. Uh, he moved back here. And through him, I got this job offer, the introduction to, to the company that I work with. Uh, the timing is some people hear God speak and some, some people don't. I'm one of the don'ts. 
I don't. He yells. He never speaks quietly. <laughs> you just can't deny how the timing works that it was all God. And very little of it had much to do at all with me. I don't hear his voice saying go there, but he displays himself through circumstances and lining puzzle pieces up. So the time that I didn't know where God was, was immediately answered by him. Not immediately, in no way immediately, but looking back, he was working through all of that. To me, and I'm as logical as they come. I'm linear, I'm logical, it's all data points to me. You can't deny the, the steps that got me back here. I mean, there's a whole lot of context to Jeremiah 29 11 that people tend to ignore and just really love this for bumper stickers and like placards. But knowing the plans for you is, is, an, is one that I would cling to. I honestly believe that. And there's a lot that goes into the, on the front end of that scripture and on the back end of that scripture. I deal with a lot of health and wealth type st stuff with my work. That's not it. No one said it would be easy. And for me, it wasn't in any way easy. Easier than some, but not for everybody. But I definitely believe that the Lord has a plan for you. We're not going to go name it and claim it, but there is a plan. And there is uh, finding your lane and staying true to your lane is something that I firmly believe in. And if you do all the things and and try to try to hold to what you know is true and know who you are and and um, lean into that I think God can use you to work his plan for you that's that's the only explanation for a lot of my story um, I grew up very you know works 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 um, and well I think there's some good to that like it's more just just leaning into the plan, hoping for the best, praying for what you need or that God will use you and just finding your way that way and trusting that God will take care of you in your pursuit. Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org stories or follow us on Instagram at Otter Creek Church.